Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Justin Wall and I'm Father Josh Wall, and we are the Sons of Thunder. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. We have got one heck of a show. We are live from St. Mary's Central High School. Uh, not the old one, but the brand new one up north in North Bismarck. We got students hanging out in the main St. Thomas Aquinas area. And we are excited to be here, aren't we, Father Josh? Oh, man, this is amazing. Back in the, well, I want to say the original place that we graduated. The original? But the it original. is not the original. But we just had an, an, an OG come into the room, Gerald Vetter, who taught us back in the day. And now <laughs> is running this place. Yeah, and so it's good to be in the new St. Mary's. It's a, it's, a, it's a different feel from the old St. Mary's. It's a much nicer feel. And we got a special guest with us today, Father Greg Luger, because... We, we can. can! Welcome, Father Greg. Thank you, Father Justin. And he's a former graduate of St. Mary's Central High School back when we were down or in the middle of Bismarck, I guess. But anyway, before we get going today, let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of Real Presence Radio and for the privilege of being able to be at the new St. Mary's Central High School, which you have blessed Bismarck Catholic community with. We pray for all those who are listening right now across the region who are hurting this morning in any way, who are carrying any heavy burdens, who are in any type of desolation, Lord. We pray that they may know your loving touch, your support, that they may feel your hope as they listen to this two-hour segment. If you're listening right now, we pray for you. Please join us as we consecrate this two-hour segment to our Blessed Lady. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Eli, give it to us straight. All righty. Thanks, Father. Here's what's coming up on this morning's Real Presence Live. St. Mary Central High School in Bismarck has a brand new home. Bishop Kagan will share his take on the excitement surrounding the opening of this new facility during our Crushing It with Kagan segment. Those who walk through these, the new doors of this school marvel at the new $36 million St. Mary's Central. What does it mean for students, teachers, and staff to have this beautiful new facility? That's what we'll find out as we visit with Gerald Vetter, Light of Christ Catholic School's president, and a few St. Mary's students. And it's that time of year where we'll see some new faces around our parishes. Who are these faces and how can we properly welcome them? That's what we'll talk about as we visit with Todd Graff of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. All that and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. Father? Thank you, Eli. All right, everybody, we've got Bishop Kagan on the phone, so it's time for everybody's favorite seg segment. It's time for Crushing It with Bishop Kagan! <clears throat> how you doing, Bishop? Very fine, thanks. <laughs> you like that music? We love that music. We, we picked it out just for you. Just for you. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's right up there with... De 
Death metal is the bishop's favorite (laughs) type of music. Yeah. (laughs) So, Bishop, uh, let's begin. Now, we we want to, we've got, uh, for all of you out there listening, first off, send out a text, get on Facebook, call somebody, tell tell them that the Sons of Thunder are on right now. We've got one heck of a show. We're going to talk to the bishop first about this unbelievable (laughs) high school that we're in, but second, uh, as a theme in the background, because we want to talk a little bit about Father Gabriel and Morth uh, today, but as a theme in the background, uh, we want to talk a little bit about exorcism. And I know when Catholics hear that word, everybody your ears perk up. But the demonic. To begin with, Bishop, just tell us about your excitement and uh, and and just the whole experience and the process of the new St. Mary Central High School. Well, you know, it's been a uh, uh, really uh, a long time developing, a long time, uh, not just you know, getting the ideas put together, but once construction started, I think it took everyone's enthusiasm to a whole new level. I mean, you can get excited about some architects' drawings and things, but uh, with once you see the building going up, uh, it, it takes the enthusiasm to a whole new level. And uh, when we, we had the dedication a few weeks ago now, uh, you could just see that, that, you know, even though everything isn't, you know, completed, uh, it, 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 there was just a, an excitement about being uh, in, you know, uh, the new facility, uh, which by its design uh, really complements uh, what we've been working so hard at for so many years uh, in our Catholic schools uh, to foster that uh, understanding and and really inculcate in our children and in our families that Catholic education is absolutely essential, and it it cuts across uh, every element uh, of our daily lives. And the building... Uh, complements that, and that's what uh, I'm. I'm so pleased with. I, I I just hope more and more of our Catholic parents, uh, who for whatever reason haven't considered Catholic school for their children, will look at not just St. Mary's but Bishop Bryan uh, Trinity uh, Catholic School in in Dickinson, some of our parish grade schools. Uh, around the diocese, because in each and every one, uh, they will find what I see, not just at St. Mary's, but in the schools, and uh, all of our schools. And it's just, um, this is our future uh, as a Catholic uh, church, as the community of faith uh, in western North Dakota. Uh, and you know more and more uh, i think as as the secular culture uh, continues to uh, literally disintegrate before our eyes i th- i think more and more parents are realizing uh, it, it, our schools are not only where their children need to be uh but where uh they will uh, grow in in the faith that will carry them through, uh, even beyond graduation. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with you, Bishop. As you know, uh, Father Josh and I, being chaplains years and years ago, along with Father Shea and uh, Father Monsignor Shea and Father Josh Eli, really were the architects of putting together uh, this formation system that exists in all three of our schools. And I can't help but think as I sit here in this beautiful institution, you know, I remember years ago in our early conversations, you know, you saying that, you know, Catholicity in our schools is the absolute most important part of everything. It takes precedence over everything. It has to take first place. And so we took that, you know, that architecture and with you supporting that in our Catholic systems, uh, watching what happened now to years of, of students that have been formed, you know, as we have at the Convocation for Administrators and Teachers every year, you know, these testimonies of these kids who have gone through and the difference that you know, putting their Catholic faith in the formation that they receive first has not only made, obviously, towards the, you know, the end of their salvation, but really has blessed them all around. Just living more virtuously has given them a life that otherwise they probably never would have had. And I can't help but yeah. think in all three of our systems, especially with St. Mary's and Trinity right now, that the manifestation of the underlying reality of grace that's happening in the systems <laughs> is the Lord's blessing with these, you know, new beautiful, beautiful buildings, which are, you know, it's able to expand our student population and allow more kids to experience, you know, the good things that are happening, you know, in our Catholic schools. And so I too felt it that day. I mean, you could just feel Christ's presence at the opening of this place. Uh, and you yeah, can't help, but, you can't help but walk through the halls and just instill, just, just feel uh, the presence of the Lord. I can say this, it's so much different than it was in, in Father Josh and I's days. It's just such a refreshing change. So if anybody's listening right now, folks, and you're thinking, you know, should I come take a look at our Catholic schools? I can vouch for the Diocese of North Dakota, or Bismarck, North Dakota, that just give them a second look. If it's been a long time, what, what was is no longer in, in the new, uh, over the past 10 years, the new, uh, 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 you know, sort of, you know, culture that exists here is so unbelievably Catholic and salvific. Uh, that there is no better option to educating your kids than what's going on in our Catholic schools right now. <clears throat> Bishop, uh, if we could move, because we only have you for so long, if we could move real quickly to the mm -hmm. subject of exorcism, I know we spoke a little bit, uh, that you were willing to talk about it. Could you just tell our listeners, you know, let's start with how does it work in the diocese uh, as a bishop uh, in the area of demonic possession and, and exorcism, mm -hmm. what, what's that process? Because you as the bishop are the main exorcist of the diocese, but you know, rarely do bishops, you know, they, they usually delegate. Right. Could you speak to that a little bit? Well, first of all, uh, a little bit of history. Uh, it, there used to be, before uh, St. Paul VI uh, revised the minor orders, uh, that men would receive uh, in their... Uh, early years of theological training prior to uh, ordination, uh, the order of exorcist was one of the five minor orders. The first minor order was tonsure, and then there was porter, lector, acolyte, and exorcist. Uh, they were minor orders, so that if uh, a man didn't end up being ordained a deacon and then a priest. Uh, those orders lapse. Uh, but uh, it, just getting beyond that, uh, with the revision of uh, the minor, uh, the orders themselves by St. Paul VI, um, the uh, power of uh, that minor order of exorcist uh, comes with ordination to not the diaconate, but to the priesthood. Uh, 
uh, and uh, while the priest possesses that power, the Church uh, says that he may not exercise it unless at the direction of the diocesan bishop. And so, uh, in every diocese, a bishop uh, chooses an ordained priest in good standing, uh, to be, so to speak, the diocesan exorcist. Now, the priest can be uh, a diocesan priest, or he can be an order priest, but he, he resides within the, the specific diocese. And uh, by uh, that letter of appointment, uh, I delegate, uh, because, as you say, I'm the chief exorcist in the diocese, I delegate uh, to this priest, since he possesses the power by ordination, the office uh, for him to exercise, when called upon, uh, the office of exorcist. And uh, it's something that the Church uh, has uh, always deemed to be necessary, but the Church has always been very careful about the carrying out or the exercise of the power of that office. Uh, and the care isn't because the Church is uncertain, does the devil exist, uh, like the general of the Jesuits doesn't know that yet. <laughs> uh, but, uh, of course, the devil exists. He's, he's very real, and uh, he's as real as every other uh, angel uh, that Almighty God created, except he's he's the he's the disobedient, the fallen angel. But they're real, and of course they exist. And in that beautiful prayer to Saint Michael, it's best uh, when we pray that it's best described what he does. He prowls about the world seeking the ruin of souls, and it's very evident in our world, not just in our present times, but. From the beginning, he was prowling in the Garden of Eden, and this, he's the great deceiver, the Prince of Lies, Jesus calls him. Uh, but it's, it's an office that's necessary in every diocese, and uh, the, uh, the way at least we, we have it uh, working in the Diocese of Bismarck, uh, someone contacts uh, the Chancery Office and uh, makes a request, a brief description of what may be happening in a person's, you know, life, and mm -hmm. we immediately uh, contact the priest who is designated, appointed to be the diocesan exorcist, and then he takes it from there. He uh, speaks to whomever he thinks necessary to speak to, and he makes a report to me, uh, and then uh, he and I decide uh, how should we proceed. But he he is the is so to speak the the main person who who takes that uh, request or or that uh, notification quite seriously and uh, sees it through beginning to end. But, and, Bishop, uh, do they, do, is there any specific qualifications that you kind of look for? Training? Or, do, or is it just, I mean, well, obviously it's Christ doing yes, the work, there, but... Yes, there's training that's provided, and uh, 
looking at the priest. I mean, the priest should have some uh, experience of uh, the church doesn't say, you know, it has to be a specific number of years of priestly experience, but uh, usually a, a bishop looks at a priest who has had some years uh, of parish or pastoral experience, uh, you know, in a couple of different assignments, uh, maybe even, you know, uh, doing both parish and diocesan work, but uh, beyond that, just uh, objective experience, uh, what I look for is a priest who, uh, at least uh, by my observations, I, I can't get into his spiritual life, uh, I'm his superior, uh, but I, I I look for someone who, you know, um, exhibits that that devotion uh, to the Mass, uh, diligence with uh, offering and hearing confessions. Uh, you, you know, the that priestly zeal. We all have the zeal, uh, but everybody can't be an exorcist. So, you know, it's a prudential judgment that I or any bishop makes with regard to whom he chooses at any given time. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Yeah, and I think one of the things you got to remember too is I don't know if anybody really would want to be an exorcist. <laughs> you know, I think no, it's an appointment yeah. that that we obediently accept and and trust that Christ will yeah. be on our side. So, Bishop, thanks for coming oh, yeah. on. We really appreciate having you on. As always, coming up next, we lift up our prayer intentions during prayerfully yours, and later. We'll be ready to take questions on the Catholic faith during Straight Talk. And we're coming to you live from the New St. Mary Central High School in Bismarck, North Dakota. You are tuned in to Real Presence Live. This is Father Josh Waltz. And I'm Father Justin Waltz. And we, we are, are the Sons of Thunder. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hey everybody, Steve Swanskowski here, Executive Director for Real Presence Radio. Thank you so much for calling in to our fall live drive last week to let you know we are really here to support you and we thank you for your support. Thank you for letting us serve you. If you didn't get a chance to call in during our live drive, you can still call at 877-795-0122. We did end up a little short of our goal, so thank you for your help and help us keep reaching souls by calling 877-795-0122 or go online and give at yourcatholicradiostation.com. Thank you and God bless you. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday, the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. So my job, not only do I get to work uh, with the young people, but also communicating to the faithful of this diocese. I work with the media. We work with our social media. We've got a good team here uh, that tries to reach out to, to bring the gospel. But with all of that, it's really been on our hearts 
to find ways to bring the gospel in new and fresh ways. And uh, when Real Presence Radio came to us in the Diocese of Winona and said, hey, we, we want this partnership, we want you to be a part of this family, I was very excited about that because the opportunity for people to, to listen in, not just in, in these little moments, but like a, a real connection to formation, to that accompaniment, that's what this, this offers, a new way to communicate with our people, to bring the gospel, just those moments to feel the grace and the love of, of Jesus Christ and, and to be encouraged. So this is a great opportunity for our diet. Uh, to really proclaim the gospel uh, to bring Jesus Christ to all those that we serve. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Father Justin Waltz. And... I'm Father Josh Waltz. And this is our Prayerfully Yours segment. We want to reach out to all those who have called Real Presence Radio, written into Real Presence Radio with prayer requests, needs of their own that they would like us to pray for. And today we pray for Dwayne, who has been diagnosed with terminal cancer, that he will find the peace of Christ in his heart. Dwayne, we're walking with you. Our mother actually has cancer as well. We know how devastating that diagnosis can be, how hard and challenging it can be for your family and so we lift up you Duane your suffering your pain maybe some of the disappointment that you're experiencing along with the rest of your family and the hurt that they're going through right now we ask the Holy Spirit to touch all of your lives with his strength if it be his will with with a cure with a miracle but most especially with his healing presence that he may take you all through this very difficult time prepare your soul for eternal life and reassure your family that sooner rather than later we will all be together again. As we pray for you, Duane, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pray for Dan and he and his family may be touched by God's healing and forgiveness. We know that many struggles within the family come down to forgiveness. And so, Lord, we just offer up Dan and his family, begging that their hearts be softened towards one another, that they make the first step instead of waiting to be asked for forgiveness, that they go and give forgiveness. And we know, Lord, that forgiveness is the one thing that heals families more than anything else. And so we ask that Dan and his family may be given that healing. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. We also pray that two people named David and Ha would both have a revelation of the grace and love God has for them. We ask that the Spirit of God would reveal to them the love and mercy of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that they would know God's forgiveness and his love for them, and bring them into his love and into his kingdom and into his holy church. And we pray through the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly into thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful, 
O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. And we pray for Bethany's two oldest sons to come back to the Catholic faith, and for all those who have fallen away from their faith, especially those that we know and love and hold in our prayers. And so that everybody knows a beautiful prayer to pray for those who have fallen away, that they at least might receive the sacraments before they die, is the great prayer of the Divine Mercy given to us and revealed to St. Sister Faustina Kowalska. And so we pray for Bethany's oldest sons. O blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus is a fountain of mercy for us. I trust, I trust in you. O blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus is a fountain of mercy for us. I, I trust, trust in, in you. O blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus is a fountain of mercy for us. I, I trust, trust in you. And we thank all those who wrote in and all those who need prayer today. We lift you up to Christ that he may touch your lives and may grant your prayer intentions. Please, in the future, feel free to call in or get on Facebook and let Real Presence Radio know the prayer intentions that you would like us to pray for. Hey everybody, we'll Steve Swanskowski here, Executive Director for Real Presence Radio. Thank you so much for calling in to our fall live drive last week to let you know we are really here to support you and we thank you for your support. Thank you for letting us serve you. If you didn't get a chance to call in during our live drive, you can still call at 877-795-0122. We did end up a little short of our goal, so thank you for your help and help us keep reaching souls by calling 877-795-0122 or go online and give at yourcatholicradiostation.com. Thank you and God bless you. At the University of Mary, affordable access to Catholic higher education is vitally important. Thanks to generous donors who believe in the value of Catholic education, eligible graduates of Catholic high schools receive free room and board. And students who choose our groundbreaking year-round campus option can earn a bachelor's degree in just 2.6 years or a master's in four, saving money while getting a head start on their careers. Discover the Mary difference at cometomary.com. That's cometomary.com. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Father Justin Waltz. And I'm Father Josh Waltz. And we are the Sons of Thunder. All right. We got an awesome segment coming up for you, so keep us dialed in as we're moving to straight talk. A lot of the times, in just a couple of minutes here, but a lot of the times we're always talking about you know, how great the students of our Catholic schools are. We're going to have a couple on here. Uh, that are going to be taking us to task, asking us certain questions, and we're going to have a nice theological uh, talk with us, us three priests. But before we get into that, we got a special guest on the show today, Father Greg Luger, who is a graduate of 2008 uh, at St. Mary's Central High School, and obviously he's a graduate, like we are, 95. And when were you, Father Josh? I was 98. 98. Glorious class of 98. So if you're listening right now... At least in the Diocese of Bismarck, North Dakota, and especially if you're in your smaller areas, you know, a lot of times we get caught up in like, well, you know, that Catholic education is for the big cities, or Catholic education, you know, in some of the, even the smaller areas might be in competition with sports-wise, and so we can't support the Catholic school because our kids go to public school, whatever it might be. But the fact of the matter is that like 98% of the priests in our diocese 
are coming out of our Catholic schools, which is a testament. Uh, 98's pretty high. Uh, let's say 95. But, <laughs> let's say 90. So even if you're in a small town and you're like, you know, should I be supporting Catholic <clears throat> schools? The answer is an unequivocal, equivocal, yes, you should, because you may not have a priest in the future in your parish unless you are supporting Catholic schools. We're just simply not getting vocations on anywhere else. Maybe you could just speak a little bit, Father Greg, to uh, you know, the, the impact that Catholic Ed had on your life. Oh, absolutely, Father Justin. Uh, I really can't overestimate how much this institution specifically <coughs> influenced my life and my life as a priest. And to be completely honest, I'm not sure I, that I even would be a priest had I not gone to St. Mary's. You know, what is and it? had you not met your chaplain. Who was your and chaplain again? <laughs> my chaplain was the wonderful and all-holy Father Josh Waltz. <laughs> but truth be told, and I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here, he did have a big influence on my vocation. I mean, it gave me a lot of one-on-one -on -one interaction with a priest, which I really hadn't had before. Um, I was being taught by a priest. It, it was truly my favorite class of the day, actually. That was fun. And, uh, we had a blast. You know, and I think about it, I, I, I resonate with you there because Father Austin Vetter, and he's probably listening right now, he's the new rector of the cathedral, uh, and my spiritual father and mentor for, he was my pastor actually too when I was first ordained, but he wasn't technically a chaplain, but he was a religion teacher. And I can remember, you know, this is like old school St. Mary's back in the 90s. Uh, certainly not what St. Mary's is now. I can guarantee you that. But so I'm sitting there and I've got my, you know, hair in cornrows, my ears pierced in the back of the classroom. And, you know, but I was interested. That's where I'm, that's where I'm identifying. It was like, it, I, I, for some reason, I, I liked that class. And I can remember him. Uh, you know, calling, pulling me aside after one of the classes, he's like, I got to talk to you. And I'm thinking to myself, what did I do now? And uh, he was like, you know what? He's like, I think you're called to the priesthood. I'm like, have you looked at me lately, man? <laughs> and, uh, but that one statement uh, just really, really uh, changed my entire life and, and led to my vocation. So now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. It's next to Crushing with Kagan. It's time for... Straight Talk with the Brothers! And we got all the Straight Talk through other shows, but it's not quite the same as Straight Talk it with It really the is not the same, let's be we honest. We came up with it, and we're keeping it. All right, so you want to call in or get on Facebook, because we will uh, answer any of your questions. And it's not just answering your questions uh, from a Catholic priest perspective, but we've got a couple of students that are going to be on. Uh, during this segment as well that we're going to uh, have a, a, a larger conversation. We want to stick with the theme of exorcism. So if you're sitting out there and you're wondering, you know, man, I got some serious questions on what's going on with this whole Catholic exorcist thing. Now is the time to call in. Or if you've, you know, got a question that you want to ask about Catholic education, especially uh, the, the new St. Mary's and what's going on here, uh, we are proud to welcome both of our students today. How are you guys doing? Good. Welcome to <laughs> Straight Talk with the Brothers on the Sons of Thunder show, Real Presence Radio. Uh, my understanding is, is that we're going to have some kind of a theological question, or, uh, uh, discussion here. So do you have questions for us, or are we supposed to be asking you guys questions? I have a question for you. All right. All right. <laughs> it's from my first period class. So, In your opinion, what is the biggest obstacle Catholics face today? Ooh. Everything. <laughs> I would say the world, right? I mean, the world. There's a, there's a movement right now that 
the, so even, even this last week, this last weekend, right, Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and mammon, right? And mammon is the, the worldly ideology and, and going along with the trends of the world. And it's so hard right now. Like everything is against you, know, you guys, you know? I mean, I'm sure you feel it. There's, there's the movement of, you know, materialism. There's the movement of, of lust. There's the movement of pleasure, promiscuity, uh, pornography, you name it. It's just one thing after another is being thrown at you. And to actually live your faith out uh, is probably the most countercultural thing you can do. I always said to, when I taught here, I said, I was like, you guys want to be, you know, like really rebellious. You want to be kind of the, the, you know, the bad, crazy, you know, out of control student. Live your faith. It's true. He did say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody's doing that. Everybody's doing the other thing. It's so you totally want to be countercultural, <clears throat> live the faith. I'm going to give it to you straight here. Because um, it's and straight I, talk. And That's I'm, what we I'm, do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get real controversial uh, and say probably some stuff that uh, some, some listeners might disagree with. But I am absolutely convicted of this. Number one, we are experiencing the greatest demonic attack that has ever happened since <clears throat> probably the time of the apostles right now in the world. Number two... Our generations. Are you guys Homelanders or are you guys Millennials? Uh, I, mean, no, I, th- I think we're Gen Z. So you're yeah. after the Millennials. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the title of that is the Homelanders, and I'm not exactly sure where that comes from. but It's uh, because they, the only known the United States of America under the Department of Homeland Security. Ah, okay. So welcome, Homelanders. But anyway. You feel very so, secure. So, so the, the controversial thing that I'm going to bring up is that I'm Generation X, and you guys, and there's the Millennials, and then there, which would be Father Luger, mm-hmm. and then there's the Homelanders. And what we don't even realize anymore is that our generations were given a bad bill of goods from the baby boomer generation. And that's, where I, that's the controversial end of it, because people don't want to hear this. But... The sexual revolution, drugs, uh, abortion, all of the things that are not just anti-Catholic, but like condemn you to hell. Anti-Christ. Anti-Christ was not given to us from the great generation. I mean, these people went through the Depression, then they, they, then they went through World War II, and they came home, and they're known for the saying, I just want to give my kids a better life than what I had. And we hear that, right? And they pass that down. And for them, what that meant is that, you know, I, 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 don't, I want food on the table. I don't want them five years old working in a coal mine. Uh, I don't want them going to a global, in, into a global war with a guy like Hitler. I just want peace and prosperity and stability for my kids. And so that's what the boomer generation got. And out of that then came this, and they're still pushing this guy. I mean, obviously this is a general stereotype. You know, many of us have parents that wouldn't be of this you know, uh, uh, theme at all. But when you look to the other garbage that they've sold us, especially in education, you guys are in a Catholic school, but if you're in the public school, all of their narratives that are still flowing out of the sexual revolution are being indoctrinated into generation after generation after generation. And we know that not only is this not salvific, but secondly, it, as, as Father Josh says, it's downright antichrist. And so that, in my opinion, is the greatest obstacle that you guys have to your, to, to your particular life. That being said, the fact of the matter is, is that any generation can change where uh, you know, the entire sort of culture is going. And that's why I think what we're doing in particular in Western North Dakota right now is so unbelievable, unbelievably important. It's not a matter of saying, oh, okay, well, I went to a Catholic school, I got the faith, I'm living my faith, and, you know, that's great. That should be going on in all Catholic schools. But 
from the onset, which wasn't so long ago, about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when Monsignor James Shea came on uh, and began building the architecture of the Catholic culture that's now in all three of our schools, and we subsequently came on a few years later uh, and, and, and finished that entire process, not only were we hoping uh, to facilitate salvation uh, in the life of the students so they would practice their faith, but even more so, our goal was to raise up an army of Catholics that is aware of this garbage in the culture and doesn't just not live it, but in fact attacks it with all of their might. I mean, which one of you is the next president or the next senator or the next you know, governor or the next owner of some massive company or you know, who knows what it is, but when you're filled with, with the indoctrination of the Catholic faith and living it virtuously, you can, as a leader, or even as a mom and a dad, you're able to pass down uh, what you've got into subsequent generations that are coming after you, which then counteracts this filth, and I'm going to call it that, this filth of a culture that has been, been given to us, which we should have never have gotten. We got a bad bill of goods. I just think, too, that you know, part of it is, is, is the culture is so subtle. So, like, it's just this little by little by little by little, right? So you get out into the world. You're living your faith, and we, and we would see this as chaplains. You know, you got hardcore, they're loving, living their faith, going to daily mass, you know, virtuous, chaste relationships, and then they go to UND. They go to NDSU, more so UND, because I don't like UND. And they, <laughs> and they would, no, they would fall apart. You know, in two years, they'd be pro-abortion, they'd be, you know, sexually promiscuous, and I'm like, what happened? You know, and it was, it's just this, the world's narrative right now is so strong that if you are not actively pursuing your faith, I don't think you'll be able to withstand the tide that's pushing against you. And the fact of the matter is, is that tide, it's not just like, okay, well, you know, and I don't think everybody, nobody considers their death, but it's like, okay, well, that, if I get infected with that tide, I'm going to go to hell if I live that way, okay? Yeah, that's somewhat threatening, somewhat not. But the truth of the matter is, is that filth that's been passed down to us will also ruin your life now, right? So what happens is, is you've got a, what, what do we have, a 60% divorce rate, the, the highest uh, drug addiction stats that we've ever had. We've got, I don't know, 80% of men out there addicted to pornography because that filth is all, that, you know, that's the result of the sexual revolution in its fullness. Not to mention all of the other stuff that the culture wants to feed you. It does not yield happiness. And I think what the students are getting now is that, okay, well, I'm living in the time of the beast, and I'm fighting against this, and even though, it, even though it's difficult, the fact of the matter is, it's worth it. Because those who are trying to live a virtuous life, not a, and I'm not preaching the gospel of prosperity here, but not only uh, are saving their souls, but they're happy. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, I think a lot of people right now, and maybe you can answer this, but I mean, how many people are asking the question in your generation right now, like, what is happiness? You know? Yeah, a lot, I think. We <laughs> talk about it in class all the time. I mean, imagine, like, so you're sitting here in your school on a daily basis, like, trying to figure that question out. And I'm not trying to tread in the public schools, but not only can they not talk about faith, but nobody's bringing up that, that philosophical question, right? It's just assumed that well, whatever in fact, garbage even, I see on TV that I'm supposed to mimic and, that. And they're even, I mean, I would even argue that it's, they're being taught the complete opposite. I mean, we, we teach virtue, we teach, you know, chastity, we teach, and with the hope that the student's going to practice it. Well, the, the cultural norms right now are, you know, the homosexual movement. Uh, if you're you're going to have sex anyway, so be safe, right? And so let's promote contraception. Let's promote 
ways to keep you safe from STDs. Instead of saying, no, we should be promoting virtue, right? I mean, the other, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, <clears throat> I had a wedding, and I said to him, I said, I have a, I, the way I'm going to start my homily is I'm going to start with a question, and you're not going to like the question. And I said, the question is, why do we keep doing this? Why do we keep the, with this bride and this groom, this marriage thing, why do we keep doing it when it has such a high probability of failure? Why, why are you here? Do you even know what your plan is for life? And then, you know, everybody's kind of like staring heads down, and I'm like, I told you you wouldn't like it, right? But the good news is, is that you can be different, but you have to choose it. I mean, I think we take that for granted all the time, that the, the active choice daily to try to live your faith is the thing that will actually let you live your faith. It's not just going to happen by chance, right? Yeah, exactly, and that's what that's what I'm saying. I mean, if if I was in your well, I'm in Generation X, and I'm angry, as you can tell. And <laughs> if I was in your generation right now, and this garbage is being fed to me, that I think that what needs to happen is there's this, you know, there needs to be a massive generational pushback. I think like that's like the next Renaissance of the United States of America is when young people who are quicker than you even think, all of a sudden in your 20s, out of college and married. Right and having your own kids stand in the breach and say, you know what, this this garbage that was passed on to us in the 1960s, it's garbage. We don't want the 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 trash that they experienced back then, the rebellion, the sexual revolution, all of their narratives, ideologies, and political crap that they've got constantly being fed into us. The moment that that you guys, the generation, my generation, the millennial generation, which is the biggest of them all. And, and they're upset. Yeah, I mean, Father you wanna, Luger. Come yeah, on. Luger. Step Here it up. comes Luger. But sits back and <laughs> says, you know it. what? We are, we are, we're going to give it to you straight, and we're not living this anymore. And you know, the, 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 the more that I think people begin to experience that, they discover exactly what we're talking about. The real <laughs> happiness is, in fact, self-discipline. It's faith. It's, it's, it's not, you know, it's love. It's, it's sacrifice. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, that mantra starts then being passed down. I'm telling you, in the next, by the time I'm in my 80s, somebody is going to write a book about the 1960s <laughs> that really sociologically and psychologically identifies that that, that era and the, and the trash that came out of that era has almost destroyed the United States of America and what generations have passed down to us. Right. And that's us. Giving it, it to you, you straight. straight. That was, right. We beat that one to death. Yeah, I, 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 you can tell. <laughs> that, was a, that was like a lob ball. Right? <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get a couple of call-ins because my dad's generation does not like it when I <laughs> Our number here at the, at the studio is 877-795-0122. You can also get on Facebook. Uh, give us your questions. So what's the next question you have for us? Well, just kind of a follow-up on what you were talking about. What's, like, one concrete way we can fight against secularization in the world? Because it's so prominent in society, and you'll see it in movies and just all around you. So, like, how do you fight against that? That is an unbelievable question, and if you're listening right now, this goes out to everybody. If there has ever been a time for the Catholic Church to find her voice, mm. it is now. And so, here, you know, the old, this is what happened. Again, we're going to beat this to death, but the 1960s people, right? Then all of a sudden, there's these huge movements. They were like the megaton protesters, and they still do. Like, they love taking it to the street and marching for all the things that Jesus doesn't like, like abortion and everything else. 
that's where we got to come in. And I, I, I think more than anything else, it's a, it, it's fo- fo- if you're going to follow anything out of that time, follow that because they are an extraordinarily loud voice. You can see it in politics for sure, right? I mean, they, they are absolutely hell-bent on getting their message out. And so I think on the other end, and this is where it's a little bit nuanced, but through the living of your faith, regular confession, uh, if you can get to daily mass, even better, that Jesus wants to change things. I think, I think Jesus loves the United States of America. Jesus loves religious freedom. Jesus loves what it once was. And he also sees what the devil has done over the last 40 or 50 years to change all of that. And so it's through the living of faith. I think a lot like when we even write homilies. I've never written a Sunday homily that I didn't write in front of the Blessed Sacrament in adoration. You know, and so the more time that you're spending with the Lord and telling him, look, I'm ready to give my life to you in any way that you want it. And so... How do we change, Lord, the, the future of the United States of America? We're always talking about you know, our children and we, we, the debt and all of this sort of stuff. But the Lord can figure all of that out if we say, how do we change the United States of America, Lord, so where the majority of Catholics are living their faith? And so as Father Josh is saying, you guys are about ready to launch into the university, which is polluted beyond all belief. I don't, you know, unless you go to maybe the University of Mary, which they've you know, really purged and changed their culture out there, again, due to the great Monsignor Shea. Uh, but if you go to any secular university, it's about, and this is where, this is at least for myself and my priesthood, there's kind of a weird way of living your faith that's not attractive to anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's like the, the holier than thou people. But if you're just living your faith, regular confession, regular mass, and a normal person out in the world, people are going to come to and ask this question. I've had people say this to me before. How is it? Why are you so happy? You know, it's like, well, everything in life is just going well, right? And you're, you're telling everybody about that. So they say, what do you have in your life that I don't have in mine? And that's the moment uh, that the Holy Spirit can get into their lives. It's just like, you know what, man? I go to confession all the time, and I go to regular Mass. And it's just that easy. And that might sound stupid to you, but I, I'm telling you, if you give it a shot. And for most kids, right, they, have, they, they, went, to, they you know, went to confession when they were in second grade. They had their first Holy Communion, and they haven't been back. And those of us living in the state of grace take for granted that this is just a norm. But if you can get someone, you know, find a good priest that you like, that's normal, you know he's a good confessor, and as, that, as people begin to ask you about this happiness or your way of life, you're like, just try going to confession. And if you can just get them into that confessional once, they come out of it, and they're like, I see exactly what you're saying. And it's one soul at a time, but I think... What's going to happen is the culture is going to come crashing down because this, this garbage that's been passed on to us, doesn't, it's not fulfilling. And even though that generation may have immersed themselves in it, subsequent generations, it really starting with the millennials, I've seen it megaton with the millennials, but they're starting to question everything and saying, this life, live this way, is not worth living. You know, it's so an ancient Archbishop Sheen, where he's you know, a life worth living, in which he you know, had this huge series of, of talk shows where you know, he went into what the Lord is trying to give each and every one of us, and it's a sense of <coughs> dignity, it's a sense of value, it's a sense of vocation. You know, how do you figure out what you're supposed to be doing with your life without Christ? Right? It's, it's just or who you're supposed to be married to if you're <coughs> called you know, to the married vocation. How do you stay married without Jesus? You know, if I didn't do a holy hour every day of my life, or if I didn't celebrate Mass every day of my life, I didn't go to regular confession, I can tell you I'd probably be a priest about another two months, right? Because without Christ fueling the priesthood, without Christ fueling your marriage, 
without Christ bringing meaning into the workplace, even your daily life in this school, that, you know, life is like this big. And as I, you know, so many people, they, they sit back and they say, well, you know, if I practice my religion, gosh, that would be boring. You know, if I practice my faith, my, my life would be so limited. And yet when you talk to people that are actually living their faith, the expansion of life that they experience, it's not a limitation at all. You know, all of a sudden it's like, I didn't know, number one, anything about myself. Jesus has revealed all of this to me. And number two, how great and full this life can be, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity of, of different situational circumstances that Jesus is opening up in your life, door after door after door is flung open, and all you're doing then is trying to you know, discipline yourself in virtue, which I'm telling you, nobody who's ever lived virtue has regretted it, right? Live vice, and you're waking up the next morning in tears saying, why did I do X, Y, or Z again? And yet, in that inst- what the culture is saying, well, it's all about instant gratification, right? You know, and that's another thing that just infuriates me about that generation. They come to all of us, and it's like, well, unless you pleasure yourself, you can't be happy in any way whatsoever. And it's like, no, have you ever considered that, like, all of these young people don't have to be living that way. They don't have to be sexually active. They actually can live chastity and want to. There's a novel idea, right? You don't have to get into the contraceptive, sexual revolution, undisciplined life that leads to nothing but misery, right? Can't wait to sleep with as many people as I can because that's going to bring me happiness. That's going to bring you a lot of instant gratification and a lot of broken life. Versus coming to the young people that are living today and say, you know what, I believe in you and you are something great. And the Lord believes in you and the Lord believes that you can live this. And when the times that you fail, that's why the Lord has given us confession. And through that disciplined life, you're going to be totally free. I mean, that's what real freedom is. There's nobody that's free out there in the culture right now. Yeah, I, th- I think part of it, too, you got to, you know, going back to the original question is, is that <clears throat> I once heard somebody say a Christian is someone who's met another Christian. Right, and so the, the biggest way of changing the, the secularization of the society is one soul at a time. I mean, it's got, and it's got to be through witness, right? We can't just talk about it. We have to live it. And when we live it, people come and they say, and this is the early church. The early, I mean, why was it that the, the greatest expansion of the church, the fastest conversion rate of the church was during the, the biggest persecution? To become Catholic meant your head got chopped off. And yet people are flocking to the church. To get baptized was a death warrant. <clears throat> and they're still coming, bringing all of their families and dying horrific deaths. But why? Because the culture was so corrupt. And they saw this small group of people. And what were they doing? They were loving each other. They were forgiving each other. They were married to one woman, one man. They took care of their elderly. They just simply lived the virtuous life. And that was so attractive that people were willing to die to have it. And so I think that it, we're going we're gonna to have to get back to this, you know, it's going to start small, and we're going to be the witnesses. And we're not going to talk about sanctity. We're going to live sanctity. We're going to become saints. And when we do that, that changes the world. I have to say, too, I, I, I think that a lot of this burden rests on us priests and clergy. You know, and, and we're in a bit of a mess right now. Instead of talking about the importance globally of like going to confession and going to Mass and living a life of you know, prayer and virtue, or how about adoration? Instead, we're talking about like the environment and all of these things. That it's like, okay, you know, 
this stuff, I'm not saying taking the earth, taking care of the earth isn't important, but you fix the spiritual condition of humanity and everything will follow. You fix everything. You fix everything. And so I, I, I think that, the, and I, I believe at least what we got going on in the Diocese of Bismarck, you're, you're seeing the beginnings uh, of, of, a, of a movement of a generation of priests uh, that is getting away from the secularization of the priesthood. Like, I'm not a CEO. You know, I, I'm not, you know, the banker, you know, down at the church. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual father and a follower of Jesus Christ. And every guy that I know, at least in our diocese, is doing a holy hour every day. And so when the priesthood dives deep into the holy hour and deep into <clears throat> prayer and deep into a deep relationship with Christ that's when they can start bringing a lot of the new movements that you're seeing. Like, so when we think about like, the Catholic culture that exists in our high schools, I mean, most of what we develop just simply flowed out of the holy hour. I, mean, I don't really have any original ideas. And it would be a, so there you are sitting in adoration. It's like all of a sudden this inspiration came that, you know, you know, you know what, if, what if we had this? What about, you know, if you think about like the rock that exists here, you know, the, the pilgrimages that we do over to Rome, you know, all of that was like, well, what if we had a state competition for trivia? I remember what it, we, we, you know, I came up with it up in Minot and we had the first one up at Bishop Ryan. And I'm like, all of a sudden it's hitting my holy hour. Like, this is so awesome in each and every school. What if you brought all three of our schools together and they were competing like they would with a football game. Well, then we did it and it worked. And it was like, you know, everybody back in those days was like, ah, that's never going to work. The kids aren't going to like this. You know, and then we get everybody together and you got 700 kids like, ah, and I'm like, it worked. Uh, Jesus told me it would work, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you're seeing the beginnings of it. And I think that's why we're so excited about what, what's going on in Catholic education because even though we're – we're small. And I, you know, I think of the like Diocese of Bismarck, we're one of the smallest dioceses in the country. But then you think of like Bethlehem, right, where Jesus was born, or na- nowhere in the middle of you know, Israel, Nazareth. And that's where the Messiah was raised. But every, so, everything starts small. With so, and, and it's under, underneath the current of things, right? God's doing stuff, and it doesn't seem like we're going to win. And then all of a sudden, his little shotgun shell, like the crucifixion of Christ, saves the entire world. You know, if you were living in Rome the day that Jesus died, you had no idea that your soul was just saved, but it was. And so I, I, I think right now we're at a time where it can be terribly discouraging. You look out, you see the challenges, but nothing is impossible for God. And the fact of the matter is God's got to be doing something. And we're seeing hints of it. You know, how many more of you are out there across this country uh, that do want to change the culture and subsequently change the, the history of the United States of America, not necessarily you know, through the political or financial machine, but through just the living practice of your faith, and then that becomes extraordinarily attractive to people. Well, I would beat that one to death, too. You've got to give us something hard here. This is us giving it to you straight. <laughs> Again, the number, 877-795-0122, if you want to call in with any questions for either the priests or the students. We put them on uh, on the stage a little bit, too. Stump the student. I'm just thinking, too, you know, you're asking us questions. What do you think is the hardest part right now of just being a high school student? Like... In regards to the faith, in regards to the culture, everything we're everything we're talking about. Um, well, I mean, we uh, go to Catholic school, so it's kind of you know we're surrounded by it. It's our basically our center of our education of our life. But th- for public schoolers, I couldn't imagine how many struggles they go through because they just don't know their foundation. They're asking what's the meaning of life, and just all these deep questions that they don't have answers to because they haven't found their beliefs like we have a lot of the times it's just a matter of suggesting those questions you know i'm like you might not even know what question to ask and so you get spiritual leadership through your chaplain 
you know, through maybe other religion teachers, even through your administrators. Uh, sitting here with Gerald Vetter, he's going to be on here in a little bit. He was a great inspiration to my life back when teaching religion and psychology and everything else in the 90s. Uh, now the president of this great school. But, but if it's not, if you're not asking those questions and subsequently everything else is like, you know, dulling down questions, you know, so it's like, well, I'm, what am I supposed to be doing with my life versus like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to play whatever sport today. You know, and you know, all of a sudden, you're like, well, what college do I go to? You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, ask the Lord. So, how about you, Lauren? What do you think? Um, I was just gonna say that honestly, I can say I wouldn't be the same person that I would be like, that I am now if I wouldn't have gone to a Catholic school. Um, just because at a Catholic school, you can really search for the truth, and sometimes I feel like you wouldn't have had that opportunity otherwise. But I also think it's hard because our culture, like you discussed earlier in your questions, is just like so secularized. And it's hard to be like constantly bombarded by like everything that the world's telling you, like through movies and music and like everything. It just all is like a different message from what we get here. But it's beautiful that we can have the message that we get. But you also have to remember too that when you leave this place, Mm -hmm. you have to keep that message coming into your brain. Because if you don't, the other voice is going to overpower that voice, and it's going to it's going to silence it. And that's that's again what we were alluding to. So it's this actively living your faith, and that is not just going to Sunday mass. That is, I mean, <clears throat> you know, reading good books on the truth, on on you know how to overcome secularization of the culture, on uh, apologetics, going to confession, daily mass if you can, prayer, so, and probably the mo- I'd argue maybe the most important thing besides prayer, mass, and confession is your friends. Your friends are absolutely essential. Because whoever you, my, my, my one line I always said when I taught, whoever you hang out with, you will become. It Bad is friends a, corrupt it, good morals. It, there you go. And, and in conversely, Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Right? So you got, when you have good friends, they're actually building you up. You become a stronger force. And when that stronger force meets a worldly group, they will overcome them. They will. As long as they stick together, and then the people that are meeting them are going to be like, there's something different about those guys. There's something different about those girls, and I want that. You know, So I, th- I think that that's an important point that we need, to, we need to make as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. You know, and and, and I, I keep coming back to the normalcy of this entire thing. Like last night, uh, we were hanging out with some good Catholic people uh, here in Bismarck, and they're fun. You know, I think a lot of the times we were like, well, that's that Catholic group, you know, and it's like, that's got to be boring, you know, and it's I like, love no, how you have the same voice for all of your examples. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not boring. I mean, there's, there's a huge Catholic group uh, in, in Bismarck. I'm, I'm sure there's one in Dickinson. I know for certain there's one in Minot. And these are people that, you know, are, are having an absolutely wonderful time with each other. They're supportive of each other. Good Catholic husbands, good Catholic wives, good Catholic kids, uh, you know, that are, that are making their way towards heaven. I think that's going to be one of the great... Uh, sort of embarrassments at the judgment. You know, you're going to be sitting there and, well, those of us who live the faith, and it's like the entire time, for those who didn't, like this was actually where real happiness was. The fact of the matter is that it was available to everybody and what? You loved what more than Jesus? Yeah, I love my motorcycle more than Jesus. (laughs) Really? You know, I I love the secular culture more than Jesus. Why? And in that moment that you could have had this full life with friends and family and happiness, and and yet we chose some worldly thing over it. So if you're listening right now and this has got your attention, try getting crazy with your faith. You will not be let down. What I mean by that is go to regular confession. uh, Go to, how about daily mass? Try doing a holy hour once a week. Do it with your wife. Do it with your husband. Send your kids to Catholic school and see the impact 
uh, that it has in your family, which we're seeing over and over and over again. But this is us giving it to you straight. straight. I want to thank all those who uh, called in, wrote in your questions. Reminder, this segment is on 930 Central Time every Monday through Friday. Up next, hear more from Gerald Vetter, Mark Horner, and Lauren Leidenek on the new St. Mary's Central High School from where we are hosting today and later in the show. Get ready for the tour fun events for the whole family on the 10-minute tour. tour. Until then, I'm Father Justin Wolf. And I'm Father Josh Wolf. And we are the Sons of Thunder. Thunder.